1: Welcome aboard the National Football Show. Dan Cilio here, and folks, I got to tell you, if you would have told me at the beginning of the year, and I was to throw this at Eagle fans, Eagle fans, before the start of the 2021 NFL season, if I were to give you the choice between Urban Meyer or Nick Ceriani to be your head football coach, taking over for Doug Peterson, 99.9% 99.9% of you would have gone for Urban Meyer, wouldn't you have? You would have went, give me Urban. Give me, give me a guy here that's a proven winner. Give me a guy here that is without a doubt. A guy that's, he's going to bring credibility to our franchise finally. Fast forward a couple months, Urban Meyer is the biggest laughing stock in the NFL. You see the shit he's pulling in Jacksonville? I predicted in September, go back and look at my Twitter page, at the Ancelio Show. I said that that guy would be a massive failure. You know why? Because he hasn't gone through the rigors of the NFL in losing. You know what made Jimmy Johnson a great NFL head coach? Jimmy had to go through the losing, what it was about to be an NFL coach, before he started to reap the rewards of all of his hard work, and that was with the hoisting of the Vince Lombardi Trophy. Urban Meyer has gone into every cream puff situation with the best talent. Now he doesn't have it. Look at him. He acts like a child. I'm watching that guy meltdown in front of everybody. But I always knew Urban Liar was a piece of shit. This is a guy that talks down to people. Look what he's doing to his assistant coaches. I have no respect for anybody who treats any other human being poorly. I have no respect for that. Everybody's got a job to do. Everybody's got a job to do. Look at the job Nick Sirianni's doing. Nick Sirianni, it's 10 times the NFL coach Urban Meyer will ever be. I'm not sure Urban Meyer's going to run through the tape. I'm sure we'll have some bullshit health excuse on why he's got to bail on this thing. Usually it's character, but hey, who cares? It's him, right? You got Nick Sirianni. He's a better coach than Urban Meyer. That just shows you, man, you got to have some experience in the NFL if you're going to have any kind of success. That's right, man. Look at all these guys like Chip Kelly that have rolled into the NFL, thought, hey, well, we had success at the college level, so we'll have success at the NFL level. See that dumbass handshake he had for Mike Vrabel? Mike Vrabel worked for him. Meyer can't look defeat in the face. Okay? I tell my daughter this all the time. The only way you learn is picking yourself up off the ground. It's the only way to learn. You can't learn out front. You got to learn on how to get to the front. You can't be born on third base like Urban Liar is. Hey, Nick Saban, too. Absolutely. We got some great topics, guys. I appreciate everybody coming aboard here. I hope you had a great weekend. Isn't it awesome, man, how close we are to the Christmas holiday, man? Really great time of the year. Football, we had Heisman Trophy over the weekend. Bryce Young, as expected, won the award. I'll tell you what, he's an impressive young-looking man. I mean, he is just impressive. Got out front, thanked everybody. The moment didn't seem too big for him. I am so, without a doubt, impressed with that kid. Takes over for Mac Jones, Heisman winner. Going to come back for another season. Going to be the number one overall selection in the 2023 draft. Kid special. Not the biggest kid on the planet, right? He's not the biggest guy. When you see him standing next to some of those other guys, you're like, size could be an issue when it comes to drafting him in the 2023 draft. Baker Mayfield wasn't the biggest dude on the planet either, but talent will end up winning that also over. So we'll see what happens here. Now, look, guys, please hit that like button. You guys are – Absolutely sensational for all the things that you have done for the show. We can't thank you enough. I like to throw a topic out. You know what? I'm not going to throw all three of the topics because I've got three of them. So I'm going to start this out with doing this. Okay, so the Eagles come out of a bye week, right? And you saw the Dallas Cowboys. Let's just say this. NFC East is over. Cowboys have won it. Is that fair? They're not going to have a nuclear meltdown on the way out the door. They're going to win the East, okay? Concern yourself about winning one of these playoff spots now. Concern yourself with setting up the franchise for the next couple years. Because like I said, I think in 2023, the Eagles may have an opportunity to be actually better than the Dallas Cowboys. You know, I started thinking about what people were saying throughout the bye week and also over the weekend about the direction that The Philadelphia Eagles should go in. Let me say this to you. Let's try to have our cake and eat it. Why can't we? Why can't we have our cake and eat it? Follow me here. How many people want to give Jalen Hurts one more year to be the starting quarterback of the Philadelphia Eagles? You want to give him the 2022 season as well. How many people want to do that? I do. I want to do that, okay? I want to give him one more year. Has Jalen's performance warranted the Eagle organization to give him another year, okay? Have they? Or should Philadelphia do this? Should they draft a quarterback the same way that the Kansas City Chiefs did? Draft a guy with one of those first-round picks, say at 11. Keep him on the team for a year. And then in 2023, have a quarterback battle between Jalen and whoever you take in the upcoming April draft. Is that a plan? Remember something, too. If you do it right... And you slice these first rounders up, you may have a shot at Bryce Young in 2023 when he goes into the draft. You could do what, you could do what Arizona did. Well, I don't think Josh Rosen's the guy. What'd they do? They jettisoned that guy, traded him to Miami when I'll get Kyler Murray. What would you do here? Is this a plan? I'm going to call it the Alex Smith plan. The Alex Smith-Patrick Mahomes plan. You open the competition after 2022's regular season. You sit the kid for the entire year, and then in 2023, you open it up for competition. If Jalen hasn't won the starting assignment. Let me tell you where I got this idea from. Have you guys been watching what's going on in San Francisco? San Francisco looks like they're a dominant team again. Garoppolo's playing his ass off there. They're in no rush whatsoever to put Trey Lance under center. They they are in no rush. You know, everybody thinks it's a foregone conclusion that Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch are going to get rid of Jimmy Garoppolo in the offseason. I'm not so sold on that now. Why in the world would I take a guy who's winning ball games for me and has won ball games and took my team to a Super Bowl for an unproven commodity that I don't know if he can play yet? I think they're going through the same thing up in Green Bay. Look at what it does, folks. If the Eagles do the same thing that the Packers and the 49ers are doing, aren't you having the best of both worlds? Watch. Green Bay, you've got to know this right now. Okay? Murphy and all those dudes in the front office have to be saying this. Did you see Aaron Rodgers yesterday? I know it was the Bears guys, but Aaron Rodgers is completely on fire. Completely on fire. You think they want to throw Jordan Love into the starting assignment right now? There's no way. Because get this. If they, he, if they thought he could do it, they'd put him in there. They would put him in there. Should the Eagles go down that line, draft a kid, Kenny Pickett, kid from UNC, Ryder, anybody. Take a gamble on one of these guys in the first round, put him on the team, have an open competition in 2022 or after the 2022 season. And if it's not there, Go draft a guy in 2023. You're going to have first-round picks. It looks like a lot of teams are going down that avenue, doesn't it? Green Bay's there. Nobody knows if Jordan Love can play. Personally, I don't think he can because if he could, they put him in. With all the shit that Aaron Rodgers does, San Francisco's doing the same thing. They got a guy in waiting, but they're in no hurry to put him in. So would you draft a guy in the upcoming NFL draft if you're the Philadelphia Eagles and you're Howie Roseman? By the way, you would have to think the Eagles have already made that decision. Do you agree? The Eagles have made that decision. All right, guys, you know how this works. In case you're new to the program, please, like I said, hit the like button. You guys, I bring you in. I got a whole boatload of stuff as usual here. Topic-wise, it was a big weekend in the NFL. Tom Brady is insane. He's just an outlier. I'm never going to compare that guy to anybody ever again. The Bucks look sensational. Maybe not so much on defense, but they're, they're, they're hitting on all cylinders. Gronk is playing Gronk football. Wait till they get Antonio Brown back, too. And, who, and you know what's funny? The MVP is going to come down. Between a 37-year-old quarterback and a 44-year-old quarterback. All right. Well, like I said, I take you guys' comments, I put them over here with us, and we go back and forth. Matt says not taking the quarterback in the first round. Okay? You're sold on Jalen Hurts then, and you think that the Eagles should not take one of those ones and draft a kid and then open up the competition in 2023. Okay? You're not buying that. Smile says Howie's binoculars say... Adios, Hurts. Wow. So, Jettison Hurts, keep Minshew, and draft a guy in the upcoming NFL draft. You've seen enough. Big Chris says, we got two solid backup quarterbacks in the building. Trade value. Yeah. Would you trade Minshew in the offseason? You could probably get something substantial for him. You could clearly get something substantial for Jalen. Paul says, if I was Howie Roseman, I would fire myself and hire Lewis Riddick. I'm uh, just bringing him in as some help. Matt says ACC is not a strong conference anymore. That's an understatement there, Matt. You got Clemson. Wait a minute. You had Pitt and Wake Forest in your conference championship game. I think that's all you have to say there to that, right? Right? Johnny. The kid from Bama is an unbelievable quarterback. Johnny, he is. And and, and you know what, too? I love his poise and the way he handles himself. I was really impressed when they were interviewing him and his family. He seems very grounded. Um, I'm I'm exceptionally impressed with the kid from Bama. And by the way, Auburn, that 98-yard drive to get it into overtime, you win the Iron Bowl in overtime. Then you completely dismantle a Georgia team that everybody was throwing rose petals on. He was absolutely sensational. Pasquale, happy Monday to you too, my friend. Jared says, trade Minshew or Hurts to the Broncos. Boy, you guys are in need of a quarterback too. Hey, Jared, I think you're going to be into the Sean Watson sweepstakes. I, it would not shock me if you're not going to be in the sweepstakes for Deshaun. I think that's a desired landing spot for him. Birdman says, Young's a stud. He is. Michael says, Eagles trade back. Get more draft capital for 23 and go after Young. I agree. And then in the process, too, you're giving Hurts the opportunity to win the job. You've got another quarterback on the roster. And if those two guys aren't worthy enough to take down Dak, and I'm going to make a comment on Dak here, you're going to be sitting in the Cadbird seat. Kyle says Howie's binoculars still have the protection caps on them when it comes to first-round evaluation. He screws it up. It's your opinion. I'll tell you what, Kyle. He's, he, he he has the Rager picks, but when you, when, when you can compensate it with Jordan Malata in the seventh round, where you're finding guys in later rounds, you know, then you're making a Darius Slay move. You know what I'm saying? Hey, and by the way, Jalen Hurts was drafted correctly. Everybody in Philadelphia was wanting to strangle Howie Roseman. when they Tell me you didn't. When you took Jalen Hurts, I did, in the second round, and you traded your asses up to get there. Tell me you didn't go, dude, what in the F is this guy doing here? Are you kidding me? Turns out he was right. He's a second-round pick. A second-round pick. Big Chris says, Parsons has 12 sacks in 13 games. We're going to get to that topic, too. We'll get to that topic. I know where you're going there. Ban, I really want us to build the defense. Boy, so do I, Ban. So do I. Get back to the docking days. Smile says, G. Cobb Day on the National Football Show, big time. By the way, real quick, Gary Cobb today, he's at the bottom of the hour. Tomorrow, Seth Joyner. Seth will join us at 5.30 Eastern time tomorrow. So we got Gary Cobb today, Seth Joyner tomorrow, and we're working on Mike Quick and Brian Dawkins for later in the week as well. Matt says, yeah, I was shocked by Jalen's pick, and I was wrong. I was too, Matt. Matt, I was too. Hey, Paul, I predicted too, same thing. I thought this football team at the beginning of the year Okay, I, I, I thought for sure four or five wins would be max. We wouldn't be using Parsons like that. Yeah, you know what, too? Saint, that's a good call. You got Dan Quinn in Dallas. He knows what he's doing. Jonathan Gannon's kind of going through learning NFL schemes in front, so I kind of see where you're going with that. Big Chris says, please get Dawkins. We're working on it. We're working on it. We're working on it. By the way, man, okay, thank God we started on time here this week, man, right? So do you like the plan? I'm going to ask G-Cobb this, too. Take a guy in the first round next year or not. Open it up. Give give, give Jalen a 22. 22- but I think you got to decide this. Has Jalen deserved 2022? Guys, we have to we have, we have to start getting into that conversation now. Has he earned 2020? Has his play this year? Meryl Reese said it last week on Friday. He thinks the guy has. Kyle says I agree with his later picks. I just mean first day. I agree with you. Devontae Smith is great, but we needed. That was my take, Kyle. When I first came on the Jacob Media channel, all the guys were a little bit, like, shocked. Even even Krause. He goes like this. Krause Jr. goes like this. You don't like Devontae Smith? That's not what I said. I didn't like the position pick. I'm not a big fan of building football teams from the perimeter. Y's and Z's? No way. Especially when you don't have an experienced signal caller. I mean, if you had Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady, that's one thing. But you got Jalen Hurts, who's an inaccurate guy, and you knew that going into the draft, and you still took a perimeter guy. I think that that, again, that was my issue with it. Shit, I was talking more even about Najee Harris. Because to me, I think the Eagles need more of a power red zone back. Okay, that's that's where I was going. Moore says the next four games will determine if he should get next year. That's fair. That's fair. Michael Lewis, we all thought we would be bad this year. Jalen got us. You're right. That's why you got to start thinking about, hey, man, did he earn that ability to be able to get 2022? And maybe you draft a guy, sit him behind him, but then again, you know what you start doing again? Then you create that whole went and foals and hurts controversy again in your locker room. Do you want that crap in your locker room too? You got to think of that, right? Ban says, I think he's played well. He's only getting better. And he has. He has. The last six weeks, the Eagles have really performed very well. One of the top-scoring offenses, number one rushing team in the NFL. I believe they're seventh, or I forget what that number was, only giving up 17.7 points a game. Defensively, they're doing well. Birdgang says he deserves another year because there is an elite quarterback in this upcoming NFL draft. That's fair also. You know, you guys keep bringing up Parsons and Smith as well. That was the other topic. If you had to do that all over again, obviously, I think we'd all be in agreement. Parsons would be the guy instead of Devontae Smith. And see, I would have taken Parsons, and I wouldn't have drafted Smith because the Eagles didn't need that position. You needed a veteran wideout. You needed to get into conversation with Atlanta before Atlanta sent, you know, their wide receiver to Tennessee. You needed that guy. You needed Julio Jones on your football team. Can you imagine what Julio Jones, who would you rather have in the development of Jalen Hurts, Devontae Smith or Julio Jones? That's a dumb question, isn't it? I feel stupid for throwing that three seconds of my life out because you know the answer to that. And by the way, this is no shade at Devontae. I think the kid's going to be a great player. I think he reminds me of the guy in Kansas City. If I were going to make a comparison for Devontae Smith, he reminds me of Hill in Kansas City. He could be that kind of guy. Absolutely. But Kansas City is not moving the chains because of Hill. They're moving the chains because the quarterback and the tight end. And they're starting to run the ball a tad bit better. Saints says build around Hurts and we're in a Super Bowl conversation in two years okay, with the components around him, and I'm going to go to your point here in a second, how he will never draft a linebacker in the first round. Well, that's sad because that means this. He misses out on players like Parsons and Von Miller and guys like Miles Garrett. Bobby says Julio Jones is always injured. becoming a factor over the last three or four years. Has it not? Big Chris is hills way faster. Chris, I'm not talking about running a 40 yard dash between each other. I'm talking about similarities in game. Birdman says Devontae doesn't have the same game as Hill. I'm talking again about speed and being able to get separation. I'm not talking about a track speed race. Is Parsons as good under Gannon? Michael, there is no doubt about it. That is absolutely correct. You could have the most gifted defensive football player on your team, okay? The most gifted, but if you have him in a wrong scheme and he's not comfortable playing in a 34 and he's a 4-3 down lineman or linebacker, you put him in another type of scheme. Like they put me in a 3-4 when I came from a 43 in college. I was a fish out of water. I did not resemble the same player when I got to the NFL. They put me in a 3-4. I wasn't a 3-4 guy. Now. You've got to learn how to do that, and I'm not taking, you know, shots at the Buccaneers for putting me in that. I thank them every day for drafting me, but at the end of the day, that wasn't my skill set. I needed to go to a one-gap defense like they had up in Minnesota with John Randall, okay? Wick says Devontae Smith will never reach his full potential with Hertz as a quarterback. That could clearly be. Matt says, I thought Gannon said he would play to his players' strengths, not simply put a scheme out there. And I think that's kind of what he's morphed into and why the defense is playing a lot better here. Bird Gang says, we take the best player available with one of our first-round draft choices and trade the other two for first-round potential first-round picks. I agree. I think you slice that pie up and you create more depth in the draft and more commodities and assets so you could do more, and it also gives you cap space. Dante, appreciate it. All right, we're going to take a time out here. Listen, guys, please hit the like button. My friend Gary Cobb is going to jump on with us from Fox 29 in Philadelphia. Can't wait to talk to him. We're going to pose all these same questions to Gary. If you have any questions for Gary Cobb, have at it. We'll throw some of them at him. You keep it right here on the National Football Show.
2: At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass, free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that.
0: <laughs> Holy shit. Glasses for cocktails, right? It's
2: for this, 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 and that. disappears.
1: Of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Seven,
3: four, One, two, because
1: Philadelphia Dreams deserve a Philadelphia Bank.
4: When it comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. At Messen Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder, and it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at messalaw.com. Mesa & Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia.
2: Go for the midnight tears. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go
0: for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resorts. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Welcome
1: back. National Football Show. Your boy Dan Trilio. Tell you what. I think the Cowboys, when they look at Dak Prescott... You know, I've said this before to you. I think Dak is a hell of a quarterback, and I think he is the perfect face of the franchise for the Dallas Cowboys. But I'll tell you what, man, if you don't have all cylinders humming at the same time, he needs a lot of help. Now, for whatever reason, Washington wasn't used to being in that situation, and they fell behind massively in that game, and they made it a game late in that game. I think Dallas kind of let off the gas pedal, but that's who Dallas is. Dallas is not a football team. Championship teams put teams away, okay? You're a championship football team, and you got a lead, especially in the NFL. Your objective is to put them to sleep, not let them hang around. You see, the quarterback knows that they don't have the ability to put teams to sleep. You know why? They've got a limited running attack. Tony Pollard may be gone for the season. Dallas's chances at winning the Super Bowl have been absolutely crippled because of the inability to being able to run the ball because Zeke Elliott is, is, is not only out of gas, but he won't be on that football team next year. $15 million salary cap hit? Absolutely not when you're getting 40 yards a game. That, that number doesn't add up correctly. But Dallas showed you a little bit. Dak has walked back. And he doesn't have the ability to throw that team out of trouble. If Dallas gets behind, you know, a lot of those yards from a year ago, you go back maybe even two years with Dak, a lot of those yards that Dak put up on the board have all been like in garbage time. When you got to play critical offense and you got to move the sticks, you know this, play action's got to be a massive part of that. It's the only way on keeping defenses at bay. It's the only way to do that. It's funny. I, I, you know, I keep hearing people say, you know, spreading people out, you know, big style offense, throwing the football down the field. That's how you win games in the NFL. It's really not. How you win games in the NFL is ball control, time of possession, no turnovers, no big pick sixes and stuff like that. Turnovers in the red zone or on your side of the 50. You look at the good football teams that are playing good football. Look at all the stable organizations that we're looking at now. Green Bay. Okay? Minus the drama with Rodgers, but Rodgers is so sensational. Look at the Buccaneers with Arians and Brady. Everything's level headed, thought out. There's a process. The good football teams. Look at New England. New England systematically has rebuilt the philosophy on how they're going to move the sticks from Brady to Mac Jones. By the way, a team like the Baltimore Ravens, another great example of that. You go from a Joe Flacco offense to a Lamar Jackson. Now, Lamar was injured in that game against Cleveland, and that's going to be a significant issue. But take a look at what they're doing in Tennessee, even without Derrick Henry. They're still winning ball games. Coaching. Coaching in the NFL completely matters. And when you have that great coaching, combined with great skilled players at skilled positions, you're going to be able to do magical things. I'm not saying that Dak is not one of those guys. But guys, I'm going to make a point to you here. Dak, one more time, has to have all the points and everything all in the same direction. Or that Cowboy team, it struggles a little bit. Dion says, Dak was the only garbage man that worked on Sunday. Thank you. Saint said, Dak reminds me of Wentz. Same draft also. Was. Bobby says, some Cowboy fans want Cooper Rush to start now. That's ridiculous. Nobody's saying that here. I am completely not saying that, Cooper Rush. Always remember this, though, Bobby. The backup quarterback is the most popular guy traditionally on the team. You know, he's always the most popular guy. Big Chris says Dak's pick six was ugly. Anthony, a lot of Eagle fans have compared Hurts to Dak. Dak's more accurate. Dak's more accurate. I've always said without a full arsenal, he's limited. He is showing he's limited, though. I'm afraid Hurts might be in the same. I just don't think he's as accurate as Dak Prescott. I think Dak is a very accurate guy. Okay? I, but I do think that you can work on accuracy. NZ Philly fan, Ryan Clark said this morning that this version of Dak will never win a Super Bowl. It won't. That's kind of maybe my point. Yes, I'll piggyback that. I will. I'll piggyback that. And, Z, I think that that's a fair, that's a fair statement. Their defense was, spe- was special yesterday. By the way, the best player on the field is a rookie in Dallas. That kid Parsons is better than the quarterback, the running back, Amari. Anybody. He's the best player on the Cowboys roster. That is a fact. Is he Lawrence Taylor like? No. Okay. He he's not LT. LT just ran rushed the passer and ran differently. This kid looks like a little bigger. Um, you know, I'm trying to, I'm trying to think. Maybe like he's more like a Ricky Jackson, who's a Hall of Famer, by the way. Omar says, Cowboys and Eagles sweep Washington to meet for a wild card, possibly. Dallas, Dallas is winning, though. I, I, I don't see Dallas having a complete and nuclear meltdown, though. Anthony says that Parsons is the best defensive player in the NFL right now. I would say this to you. I think he's really having a better season than T.J. Watt. I don't know. T.J. Watt's got 16 sacks. I'm not sure what he did over the weekend, but that's right. They played on Thursday. He's got 16 sacks. He's playing lights out ball. I think he's in the conversation. I think also the kid in Cleveland too. I think Miles Garrett's also having a really great year, but here uh, from what I heard, I heard Parsons also has 75 tackles too. So he's got 75 tackles and he's got 12 sacks. That's impressive. Okay, most of the time when you're a sack artist like that, people try to run away from you. And if you got 75 tackles from an outside linebacker position, that's getting after people. That's a lot of backside plays where you're running things down from the backside even though they're running away from you. You know, the the big trick when you have a guy like that, you run at him. You don't run away from him because that kind of guy is going to make plays. And so you've got you've You've got to be able to, without a doubt, you've got to be able to block that guy. So what do you do? You run right at him. Big Chris says, Eagles beat Dallas, get the wild card, and beat Dallas in the playoffs. That'd be your dream. That'd be your dream? Of course it'd be your dream. (laughs) Uh, That'd be your dream? All right. All right. Hey, we're going to take a real quick timeout. Guys, please hit the like button. I'm going to try to run down my friend Gary Cobb. Keep it right here on the National Football Show.
2: at stateside vodka every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass free what's that uh a rocks glass you're telling me that bottle is cut in half you could say that
0: holy shit. The glass Glasses for cocktails right it's
2: for this 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 and that disappears.
1: Of life, First Trust Bank is there for you. 10, 10,
3: 10, 10, 10, 10. 1, 2, because
1: Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia Bank.
4: When it comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. At Messen Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder, and it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at messalaw.com. Mesa & Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia.
2: Go for the midnight dares. Go for the game. Go for the
0: hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com.
1: Welcome back. National Football Show. Your boy Dan Silver. We'll run down our friend Gary Cobb. It's the holidays, right? By the way, Seth Joyner tomorrow. You guys think the Eagles have made their decision on what they're going to do for 2022 already? I do. Okay? I do. I think they know. I think they have a pretty fair indication of what they're going to do over the next couple weeks. And then what they're going to do in the 2022 NFL draft. Okay? I I, I do. And I, I, I think these next couple games are going to tell them a little bit more what direction that they're talking about, whether or not they're going to draft a guy in first round, second round, third round, maybe a latter round. But I do believe they're going to take a quarterback in the upcoming draft how high a pick that will be, that's going to be determined. Tell you what, um, the NFC East right now is looking a little better than what we thought it was going to look a couple months ago, okay? Washington has righted the ship. They made that a game against Dallas. They fought all the way back just about 27-20. Cowboys end up taking that victory against Washington. The Giants still stink, but the Eagles have gotten better. And – they're coming out of the bye, and they got that same Washington team this weekend, and we bring our friend from Fox 29 in Philadelphia, Gary Cobb, into this. And Gary, I, I, let, let, let me start it out by saying this to you here. Um, do you think the front office with the Eagles, Howie, the owner, do you think they know right now what their plans are for 2022 and 2023, or do you think these next couple weeks still going to determine what direction they go next year. I mean, because think about it. Look look, look at the dual track plans they have going on right now, Gary. San Francisco, they got Trey Lanson waiting. They're not pulling Garoppolo out of there. Look at what they got in Green Bay. They got Jordan Love there, and they've got Aaron Rodgers. They've got all these guys in waiting. I threw out this morning here, I said, why why not do this? Why not go this route? Give Jalen twenty twenty two draft a quarterback in the first round, maybe at 11, you open it up in 2023. If one of those guys aren't your guy, you trade out of these next two picks that you have going into the 2022 draft. You turn them into more first rounders and maybe you go after the kid from Alabama. What says you and where they are right now? Do you think they know what they're going to do? No,
3: I don't think they know what they're going to do. I I, I just think that, uh, you know, nobody's jumped out. I mean, you, you look at the talent. I mean, you, you know, you, of course, uh, you know, Bryce Young. Of course, he, he looks like he's a special talent, but he's not there yet. You know, so you you can't you can't you they. I mean, if they could, they would say, "Yeah, we'll take him." But none of these other guys have really jumped out at anybody. Uh, you don't hear a name that's resonating this late. Usually, they've already got their eye on somebody. You know, the the guys are the special talents have really just kind of shown up. I don't see that person. And I think with the, with Jalen, it's, you know, you like some things, but clearly he has not sewed it up. You, you can't say he sold sewed it up. You could say that he has shown some of the qualities, but the the big quality you want, which is, you know, he, he's shown it with his legs, but with his arm, you can't say he's, he's shown us that, look, he is the guy. Now, you know, Justin Herbert, You know, you look at him, you know, uh, you look at, you know, Josh Allen yesterday, you can see his talent. But nobody's jumped out at anybody yet. And I I think what they're looking at is they're considering all of the options. I think that they are, you know, they look at some of the quarterbacks that you might be able to get, but are they going to be able to get them? Do those elite quarterbacks want to come here and they see where they got enough receivers they're throwing the ball to. No, nobody's going to get excited about playing here just yet. So I, I think it's a kind of thing. It's a, it's a, it's all in progress, but I really don't think that they've made a decision and, and I haven't heard anything, you know, I'm around there. Um, I talk to people that are around the Eagles. they they're, they say they're looking, you know, and uh, everything is still up in the air. But they do want to give Jalen a chance. So I would say right now the options are, I think that the most likely thing is that Jalen is going to be here again next year as a quarterback, unless something miraculous happens. Now, are they going to be in the talks? Are they around there, you know, finding out what's going to happen with the, you know, um, of course with a young quarterback, you know, coming out of, you know, down there in Houston, you know, but there are so many, Question marks about his situation, you know? Yeah, you know, you, you, you really you... don't know. So um, I don't, I don't think they've made a decision. I think that they are definitely interested because the Eagles are a quarterback-minded type of team, and you know, the, the owner, and I, and I don't think he's got to apologize for being like that, but he knows that. Look, this is a quarterback-driven league. You know, it is. I mean, looking at Brady there yesterday, you look how many times? I mean, nobody's thrown for 300 yards against Buffalo, man. He carves them up, you know. They come back, and when it's on the line, he throws a dime. Boom. Everybody drives safely.
1: Yeah. Hey, 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 <laughs> keep, keep your ticket stubs because you'll want to hey, remember hey, that. Oh, and the- you
3: also, the thing is, Matt Jones which it proves that the quarterback position is so important in the NFL. That's why Jeffrey Lurie is driven, you know, the organization that way. And you can't blame him because this is a quarterback-centered league. If you got a special talent, what about Aaron Rodgers yesterday?
1: How many times? Gary, I've said this before. I've never seen a guy spin that pill the way he does. (laughs) He can spin it. Can he spin it? Hey, man, it, 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 and, and the accuracy, the Ooh. touch. Man. How about when he went over the linebacker at, down in the corner of the end zone? Down yeah. There, and I'm sitting there going, you know how many guys make that pass? Two, two dudes in the league make that pass. Mm. You know, you brought a point up, though. You mentioned, you mentioned Josh Allen. You mentioned Justin Herbert. And let me throw in Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. Those guys were drafted. But get this. Other guys and multiple picks ahead of them. Yes. Those guys were picked. I mean. There was a big there was a big question mark on Josh Allen coming out of Wyoming. There was a yeah. big question mark with Mahomes coming out of Texas Tech. I mean all of these guys here. What is the one intangible that you think is the most difficult intangible for evaluators to evaluate at that position? Because man, it's so hit and miss at that position yeah. in the draft. Well you know you've you got to process so much information
3: so quickly. You know, you can see whether they have the arm or not? Do they have the arm talent? But then they've got to process that information, and you know they got to be able to do it in an instant. You know, and, and and you know some guys, you know, of course, a lot of them take a while to develop in that in the area, but you know some guys are special. They're able to do it. They come up to the line, boy. They're they're on it, and it's it's just. Uh, I, I think that's the toughest thing. And that's where with Jalen, you know, we saw some of that with uh, with Minshew, where he processes the information. He's getting the ball out of his hands. And you see, you got a, you got a, a guy with a seasoned mind, but he doesn't have the arm. He, and he's not the you know, he, he's not a Josh Allen. He's not he's he's not a big, you know, athletic type guy. So but he, he doesn't have that arm strength, you know, uh, the, the touchdowns he threw. You go back and look at the touchdowns he threw to Dallas Goddard; the ball's just hanging up there, you know. That's <laughs> those kind of throws get picked off a lot of times in the NFL. Gary, you're
1: still suspect on Jalen, and yes.
3: No, well, yeah. I mean, I, I don't think I could. I don't think I could say that he's definitely the guy, even though I like some of the things, and and, and I'm willing to give him some more time. Now, I tell you what, we could come out next year. And boy, he's getting that ball out of his hands, zoom, zoom, you know. And we say, hey, you know what? He's our guy. You know, I still think there's time for it because he's still developing. But you don't right see now, Kyler, you don't see Kyler Murray there. Uh, yeah, I, I can't say, yeah, I can't say Kyler Murray. No, I mean, I can't say he's shown that yet. You know. Uh, now you know Murray.
1: Now you bring him up. See, he's he, that's a special talent, man. He's getting Gary. He's gotten better every single year in every game he's in. Yeah, you see him get. Look at his completion percentage. He's over seventy percent this year. Yeah, it's like insanity. I mean, he's gotten better every year, and with Cliff, Cliff Kingsbury, it just shows you too, right? I yeah, mean, no, good now coaching. look at where they're at.
3: Look at where they're at. They're sitting yep. atop the the NFL. Now, uh, it, because when you have that special talent at that quarterback position, it's a separator, you know, It a, and uh, it, it just makes all the other guys better. And, of course, doesn't help to have that other talent, you know, the other talent around there and everything. But, uh, but you know, I still think the potential is there for Jalen. The potential is there because he shows it at times. You know, he looks – but, you know, he's, he's got to be able to dial it up, put that ball on the money, know where he's going with the ball, and, you know, I I do like the fact that he's a worker. He's a guy that's committed because that's something you have to work at. I mean, um, I, I think about Brady when he was – you had a young Tom Brady. Belichick, he, he wasn't putting all that weight on him. They weren't throwing the ball a lot. They were, were going to run the ball, uh, and they are going to beat you with their defense, and Brady was going to take care of the ball, and hes he, he knew how to take what the defense gave him, take care of the football. That's he went. See – and, and that's where why we're really with talking with Jalen is he would be regarded further along. You take that giant game out. And what did he do with the giant game? He was being greedy. That's all. Yeah. Wasn't where he was throwing horrible passes. He, he was being greedy when he didn't have to be, especially against the Giants. The Giants aren't gonna score more than 14 points in a game. You know that going in. So you don't you don't wanna be greedy against them. You you might have to be try to be greedy against teams that are going to score a lot of points against a Giants team you go into the game knowing if we score
1: 17 points we got another w you know absolutely absolutely let me let me let me go here with you here you know at the beginning of the year I just told this to people hey Gary you know this as well as anybody you've been around the game for so many years but you know at the beginning of the year if you were to tell Philadelphia Eagle fans this I'll give you a choice between Urban Meyer or Nick Sirianni as your head football coach. Everybody on the planet would have put their hand up and went, give me Urban. He's a proven winner. Go ahead and give him to me. It just shows you, right, Gary, when you haven't understood what the NFL game is all about, especially putting your time in as an assistant coach like the players put their time in and you don't understand a game, that thing could be a train wreck in seconds. And it's a train wreck in Jacksonville. It shows you, right? I mean, that's right. Many, he's doing a great job compared to what we're seeing down in Jacksonville. Uh, that is definitely a correct. And uh, you know, it just seems like you know,
3: it's just out of control down there, man. It's like you know, uh, you know, th- th- something is burning, and and they can't find out where the hose is for the water, and it's just burning. I mean, it, this early, and usually, usually they'll give you a year, you know, or. Uh, you know, but coming into that second year, you're supposed to start seeing the semblance of something, meaning that they're putting together something. You're supposed to see something start coming together. But you look down there, you don't see that. And really for that, the, you know, the, the young quarterback down there, he can't be happy with, with what he's been thrown into. And uh, they're probably um, they're putting too much pressure on that kid, you know, because you want to you want to uh, slow feed him. Even if you just you you're gonna lose, you lose where you're running the ball and you're taking care of the ball at least, you know. Uh, but you know, but but they're just it they just seem like it's just mayhem oh, down it's, there.
1: It's complete, it's complete chaos. Let me throw one else yeah. one one also to this. The internet was blowing up over the weekend because, you know, Parsons, as you see with Dallas, he is. I, I, I make this comparison. When I see Parsons, people want to throw LT, and I'm like, no, 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 no. Yeah, More like a Ricky Jackson kind of guy, like that, a bigger dude, because LT yeah. ran that hula hoop like very few people ever did getting around that corner. I don't think they will ever be a linebacky pass rusher like that. Maybe Derek Thomas was in that category. But, you know, do you think if you look back on that, I mean, Gary, they had a shot at him, the Eagles. You think they're all good? They think they're all good with Devontae looking back on that and going like this? Amen. Because they drafted from the perimeter. You and I well, want to I, build teams from the inside out. How do you think they look at that? I, I think they feel
3: still feel good, good about Devontae. Okay. I mean, but, you know, but they're looking over their shoulder. They're going like, my God, look at this kid. And I tell you, I saw the kid when he was, I guess he was 14 or 15. And he, and he really had an NFL body then. He was fourteen or fifteen years old, just a freshman in high school. The NFL had identified him as a surefire NFL player.
1: Because Gary, do you think teams do you think teams got scared because he opted out of COVID his last year at Penn State? Yeah, and like Kevin Colbert said at uh, Pittsburgh. He said he was gonna kind of hold that against some of the players that didn't play through COVID last year. And do you think that also kind of maybe made the Eagles pause a little bit that he didn't play a year ago?
3: You know, maybe it did. I, I could see where I think they um they they didn't they they probably did hold that against them some, you know, because they they took off that, that last year. And uh but you know, when he decided to do it, you know, as I start thinking about. You know the kind of money he's looking at and everything, and you know, I mean, and I, I love you know playing in college and everything. But look, this is, I mean, how much money is the kid talking about? You know, he's going to chance all of that to play at Penn State, and, and Penn State's great. I mean, I love college football, but when you're talking about that kind of money,
1: yeah,
3: you can understand why this kid—he's already shown everybody everything he needed to show him, and the kid, oh, yes. You know, as fast as he is, as big and powerful as he is, and it, it's just like, you know, he's gonna do nothing but get better and smarter. They have got, I mean, this kid can do everything. And you know, he could he could cover a pass if you needed him to. He's just a phenomenal athlete at his size to be running with guys, and and but the big thing he's got is he's got instincts, he's got great linebacker instincts where he knows where to, he's always going to be around the ball. And uh, he's just a great athlete. And uh, to see him um, go around, uh, I'm trying to remember the, the guard for the, uh, for Washington, the pro bowl guard. I can't think. Of him I, I'm trying to remember his name. You know, he's, he's been there for a while because he always had battles with uh, Fletcher Cox for years. But anyway, he beat him like a drum, man. Went around and like attacked his shoulder. And 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 uh, and he's not really as a specialist as a pass rusher, he's doing that as you know, they're asking him to well, what could you rush the passer to? I mean, he's just amazing. And what he's doing to the NFL, I've never seen anybody <laughs> do this to the NFL. He's making guys look like they don't even belong. Shalar, uh,
1: is yeah, Sheriff. Yeah. 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 You that, know, you, you know, Gary, you mentioned something. Maybe the difference from our time to today is the hybrid guy and the versatility. Like when you and me played, like when you played, yeah, you, you, you were an inside linebacker outside linebacker. You're, you were going to, these guys today could go 34, 43, put their hands in the dirt, stand yeah. up, do this, play a tight end like Gronk, well, get on. There's so much more versatility. And i players, see now. There's there's more of that in today's yeah. game, right? Do you yeah. agree?
3: Yes, there are. There, there are. And and and, uh, and and see, the big thing I see also is you know you see these tweeners. Yes. Which is you you know you see these, these Kevin tight Kevin Green like, Kevin Green kind of guy. Yeah. You know where you got guys who, they can play wide out or they could be a tight end. You know yeah. that's what you got in Micah Parsons. You got a guy who could be a defensive end. He could be a linebacker or he could be a DB. He's that he's fast enough to be a defense. He could be a safety, you know. Runs a or, four 3 matter, Really, a corner I mean the kid runs a four three. Yeah. So to be be that kind of athlete, I mean, that's you know, four, it's, three. it's just a matter of him staying healthy. The kid's gonna do some phenomenal hey, things.
1: Gary, four three at that size is four
3: three is, at that size It's crazy. You can see he's got that kind of burst where he closes on people. He's just an outstanding athlete. But like I said, he was imposing. Now, you know, it just so happened. I I wish I had. uh, I'm going to try to get the tapes of these two interviews. I talked to two people when they were in high school that left me with my mouth open. One of the guys was Michael Parsons. You know who the other guy was? Who? LeBron James. Wow. Both of them in high school. We're like grown men. Like, what are you doing? This, what are you doing in high school? <laughs> LeBron was like that too. Muscles bulging out all over the place, standing there, you know, looking down at me. Of course, both of them, and I'm talking to them, and they're in high school, crazy. and you're going like,
1: "What's That's wrong with this?" great.
3: And I heard LeBron was a hell of a football oh, player he, too. He was a specimen too. Uh, he, he's the same kind of guy who just phenomenal athlete, just built like a machine with speed and size That's Parsons and LeBron James. I saw both of those in high school. They were both like that. Where are you going? Like, where did they get this kid at?
1: No doubt about it here. Yeah. Gary, let me, why is it so difficult when divisional teams play each other every year? I mean, it's almost like watching Army Navy games because you really do kind of throw the records out. Again, it's going to be Washington and Philadelphia this weekend. What, what makes those games so much more closer and tighter and tougher um, those divisional games than maybe compared to other games in the NFL when you play them on weekends? Well,
3: I, I just think it, the thing gets more personal, you know' it's, um huh. you know, you know those guys better because you play them every year. So that's what uh, I was talking about with Fletcher Cox and um, Brandon Scherf. You know, they've been battling each other, going at it. And so they know, hey, they're going to see each other one more time this season. So, you know, it's personal. It's, it, it means more. It just, you know, uh, you know that you're fighting always for this division. And uh, they always they always put everything into these games. I mean, they always get a it's – a, it's a hard-fought contest. Uh, they know each other, so they, they're gonna be it's gonna be a fight up front and it's gonna be a play here or there because both of the teams, whether they're having a good year or not, they're gonna play each other tough because it's personal. You know, it's almost like you know, you're playing against one of your family members, and you know you're gonna have to hear it if you lose to them. So the guys don't want to lose each other, lose to each other because they see each other more during the offseason because you know Washington is not that far away as compared to you know playing somebody out out west or something like that. So these guys kind of know each other and I think because um it's it's gotten kind of personal, you know when you when you're fighting family, uh that's where it it's uh it gets tough and and usually these games are tight because most of, both of these teams have been pretty good. They've been in the battle for a while. So they've always fighting each other and Uh, I I think that probably
1: has a lot to do with it. I I think it's going to be a hell of a matchup this weekend. Gary, my friend, thank you so much for always finding time. By the way, I'll make sure I tell Seth Joyner tomorrow hello for you, too. He's coming on tomorrow, and I want to thank you for making that happen for us. Thank you, my friend. That's great. That is Gary Cobb there. I appreciate it. Fox 29, make sure you always check him out. Guys, do me a favor. Please hit. The like button, as you heard me say, Seth Joyner will be with us tomorrow at 5.30 as well. We're going to get to a lot of things that Gary said. Gary didn't seem too sold, did he, on Jalen? Is it really his whole career? Is his Philadelphia Eagle career wrapped up in these next couple games as we finish the 2021 NFL season? We're going to hit on that. We'll do it next. You keep it right here on the National Football Show.
2: At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass, free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that.
0: Holy shit. The glass is for cocktails, right? It's
2: for this, 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 and that. disappears.
1: field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank.
4: When it comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder. And it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at messalaw.com. Mesa & Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia.
0: Go for the midnight dares. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the wins. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com.
1: Welcome back. National Football Show. Your boy, Dan Silio. Here, how about this topic question for you? Would you rather have Justin Fields or Jalen Hurts? I personally think Justin Fields sucks. Okay? No way on the planet am I building my football team around that guy. There's absolutely no way. By the way, maybe may be a great dude. This is not personal. I don't know the kid from a can of paint. Jared says he'd rather have Fields. What makes you think now? Again, his offensive line is horrible. I'm going to give him that. Okay, and he has just as much of inexperienced wideouts as Jalen does. Doesn't Khalil Mack play on that football team though? I mean, they do have some guys on that defensive side of the football. What's different in Chicago? Then say in Philadelphia. I see the same teams almost, don't you? I mean, there's no question the Eagles have a tremendous offensive line. Okay. Yeah, Birdman. He's talking Mac Jones. Mac Jones is nine and four. MJ, how is it different from a pitcher that can't throw strikes for a guy that can't shoot free throws? I think it's more just practicing it. I think Brady didn't have a strong arm coming out of college. X says it's Nagy. Could be. He was the NFL Coach of the Year in 2019, my friend. So all of a sudden, he sucks now? So wait a minute here. You think it's Matt Nagy. Well, you know, just a few years ago, he was the NFL Coach of the Year. Michael says Nagy's garbage. Okay, so the guy goes for Coach of the Year... And now he blows. Oh, and he did it with Mitchell Trubisky. Can I ask you guys a favor? Can you name me one all-pro quarterback that the Chicago Bears have had in the last fucking 60 years? I'll wait. Not Pro Bowl, all-pro quarterback. Can you name him? I actually know this. An all-pro quarterback with the Chicago Bears. Jim McMahon never was an all-pro. Jim McMahon, in his entire NFL career, even in Philly, never played 16 games. That's right, smile. Sid Luckman in the 50s. MJ, Bob Avellini, thank you. Who was that running quarterback the Bears had back? Bobby Douglas. You guys remember that dude? Man, I was a little kid when I watched that guy play. I think his name was Bobby Douglas, if I'm not mistaken. Right? Bobby Douglas? Does that sound right? I don't know why that I, – I remember Bob Avellini when I was a kid. But I, I, I mean, but that name Bobby Douglas, that guy used to run around all the time. Yeah, Justin Fields. Thank you, Hugh. Thank you, MJ. Right? Jack King Cannon. Oh, man, dude, that's back when my uncle played. That dude. Them are some old-timers, man. That's when you rolled your helmet up and you put it in your back pocket. Yeah, you know what, too? Hey, let me just tell you guys something. You know what? When I first came on Jacob Media, the Devontae Smith, Hey, Xander Jr. was doing this too. I mean, uh, Xander, Xander was doing this. He was going, what do you mean? You don't you don't like Devontae Smith move? Little did I know he was an Alabama honk first, right? What do you mean it's a bad pick? Just like Gary said, it's not a bad pick. It's not a positional pick that the Eagles needed. Okay? It wasn't a positional pick. <laughs> Sanders says, get his name out of my mouth. Yeah, man, you don't build your team from outside in. Patriots, look what they did. They went and got that guy, Nikhil Harry. He sucks. Was the only time that Belichick ever drafted a wide receiver in his entire time as a head coach, and it blew up in his face. Trust, Trust me, he'll never do that again. Wide receivers are a dime a dozen, dude. Julian Edelman, I mean look, Jerry Rice is from Mississippi Valley freaking state. Jay Cutler. His wife was smoking. Okay? His Fran, hey, Fran the man went to um, he went to Georgia. I think he's a I think he's a bulldog. Right? He's a bulldog. But dude, you don't build your team from the perimeter in. You build your team from the inside out. That is a known fact. The Eagles won the Super Bowl doing that, building the best D and O lines. Why? Because they had the best skilled guys. And in w- the year they had some really good skilled guys in Donovan and a TO, you still couldn't handle the physicality of Pittsburgh. Or excuse me, of the Patriots in that Super Bowl. Pittsburgh's, you know, and the Patriots and all those teams fundamentally used to always build their team through physicality. I think that's one of the reasons why Pittsburgh this year is struggling. Is because they're all line That's the worst O and D lines in Pittsburgh I've seen, like, in my lifetime. In my lifetime. Wade says, love it. The whole idea is Jalen runs with it before that happens. He is a steady offseason improver, too. Always working hard. I think they already made their minds up. Thank you very much, my friend. I think they have, but I think they want to see how this finishes. Rex Grossman, he did get to a Super Bowl, didn't he, Bobby? Okay? He did get to a Super Bowl, right? Ooh, man, some bad news here. Jonathan Allen, that first-round draft choice out of Alabama on Washington um, is out for COVID, and Quez also is now placed on the list. Okay, so I'm assuming those guys are not vaccinated. Not that I care. Okay? I think these protocols are stupid, personally. Okay, that's just me. I think they're stupid. Okay? Okay, I mean, uh, let me get out of it. X says the addition to the 17 was a... Hood slot cornerback, one player out of his mind, a wide receiver with the power back. That's kind of where I'm going. Okay, Allen could play. Just some clarification from Xander. He said Allen could play. He's vaccinated. So there's like a couple days where he's got to go through some tests. And if he shows up with consecutive tests, from what I'm understanding, then he gets an opportunity to play this weekend. So that's cool. MJ says Randy Johnson had tons of walks in the minors but sometimes the upside is so great. Yes, MJ. Hey, I'll give you another one. I'm a big I'm a big student of baseball. If you ever take a look at Sandy Koufax's numbers, Sandy Koufax, he sucked in the early part of his career. That's why he only has 167 victories. Everyone was like Koufax is the greatest left-hander ever to pitch. Well, this guy's not a 200-game winner. Jack Morris has more wins. Andy Pettit has more wins than Sandy Koufax. But Koufax, for that five years, was one of the most dominant lefties and one of the most dominant arms in history. What happened? Found his fastball. Found that off-the-table curveball. You watch all these YouTube things of him. Compared to what he was when he was in Brooklyn and then when he went to L.A., Koufax was two different people. Same thing with Mariano Rivera. Mariano Rivera was going to get cut in baseball. Then someone taught him to cut her. Changed his career. The greatest closer in baseball history. Greatest closer of all time. Hugh Carlton was great pretty much his entire career, even when he was in St. Louis. Corey, thanks for coming aboard, brother. Randy Johnson, if I'm not mistaken, Chris, I think he started in the Montreal Expos organization. I think Pedro started up there too, if I'm not mistaken. I think Pedro – dude, if I got to think, I think Pedro, Randy Johnson, and I think Walker all started in that Expo organization, and they were in the same group, I think. If I'm not mistaken, I think Larry Walker – Randy Johnson and Pedro were all in that organization in Montreal. East Cannon for life. Uh, hey, East Cannon for life. How would a guy like me know that? I mean, a complete loser stat. <laughs> I don't know how I know that. I have no idea. And I think the Montreal Canadiens, watch this, even drafted Larry Walker. I don't know. I mean, I have the most useless statistics on the planet. I mean, I'm telling you. Don't ever bring me to like a party and you're playing like trivial pursuit sports because it's not good. Catfish started his career in Kansas City, the Kansas City Athletics, along with Reggie. Yeah, and Pasquale, you know what's funny? After he won 27 ball games late in the 60s, Koufax had arm issues, like you said. And then here's a story that, um, Tommy Lasorda told me, real quick, we'll get back to football here. Yeah, Nolan Ryan was on the Mets. He was a closer. So get this. Um, I I was friends, obviously, with with Tommy Lasorda. Lasorda told me the story. By the way, my my cousin's um, Bobby Valentine. So Bobby's my cousin. And so Bobby told me this story, too. Like, they were playing the Yankees in the 80s. And they were getting ready for the Yankees. So Lasorda had Koufax come out and pitch down at Dodger, Dodger Town. And Dodger Town used to be in Florida, so they were getting ready for the Yankees. And so Koufax, so you had, get this, you had Say, you had Baker, you you had Lopes, Um, who else was on it, Garvey? You had all those big guys on that Dodger team, right? So Koufax is throwing 100 miles an hour, breaking the pitch off. Finally, Garvey goes over to uh, Lasorda and goes, I think he was 47 years old. He goes over to LaSorda and he goes, Dude, can you tell him we, we I mean we're trying to get ready for the World Series. And Koufax is striking him out at Dodger Town, getting ready for the World Series. This was like in the early 80s. And Koufax is just fucking ripping these curveballs off at him. And 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 Garvey's like, okay, okay, we get it. <laughs> All right, we get it. Okay. Yeah. Oh my God. No, 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 69 Mets, Chris, he was on. He was on that staff with Seaver and Kuzman when they beat Baltimore in six. Yeah, no, he was on that 69 team, not the 86 team. Wasn't on that team, yeah. 86 was Sid Fernandez, um, Doc Gooden, them dudes. Um, Yeah, Lenny Dykstra was on that team. Hernandez on first base. That was a damn good baseball team. Underachieving, though. I compare the 86 Mets to the 85 Bears. You only won one? Really? the riot stakes are awesome in Texas. Yeah, hey, Chris, before my time, too, dog, I was just – I just do a lot of reading. I'm a big history nut with that stuff. I really am. All right. So you heard, if you didn't hear, please go back and listen. Gary doesn't seem like he's really sold on this here. And in the first hour, what I threw out was, okay, I'm saying draft a guy, but what round? I said first round. Take those other first twos. Slice them up, trade out of it. You know, maybe get yourself a free agent wide receiver that's, Going to help that core out, help Devontae. Devontae needs some help. Okay? Devontae needs some help. I think you need an edge rusher. That first-round draft choice to me, I'm going to make this to you guys. If the Eagles are smart, that first-round draft choice is an edge rusher. And to me, I want that kid that's up in Oregon. I talked to Mario Cristobal over the weekend. And I was asking him about Thibodeau. He goes, Dan, he is a freaking freak show. He is a freak show. I'll tell you this too, man. That kid Williams from Alabama, Xander, is that the kid, that linebacker kid? That linebacker Williams, I think it is. I think he won the Bednarik Award. And he is some good-looking football player too. I'll tell you what, man. Bama's got some sleeper dudes on that defense. They're not all all over on that Georgia team, even though that kid Jordan Davis and that kid Dean are going to be very high draft choices. They got some players on that Alabama team too, and I know the kid Hutchinson is another guy. If that's me and I'm Howie, I'm looking at Hutchinson and Thibodeau. Those would be my two dudes. Okay, can you imagine a Michigan man in Philadelphia? That kid Aiden Hutchinson would fit in so awesome. The only problem that I have, when you look at him and you look at Aiden Hutchinson, he is 6'6". And some are telling me he's closer to 6'7". That's Reggie White size. Hey, man, hey, 6'9". That kid Jordan Davis, I didn't realize he was 6'5", 350 pounds. Can you imagine him and Jordan Maladne in training camp? I mean, those two dudes, and then also, too, the kid that's lined up next to Malata, You'd have two of the big, you'd have three of the biggest people on the planet. Plus, with Fletcher, holy shit. Guys, that's a big team. Holy cow, man. That's a big football team. You get them dudes. You got a big football team now. You know, that's always been one of the big things with the Patriots. The Patriots have a huge football team. They they, they are huge. Hey, by the way, what do you guys make of this kid Tyler Heineke? This is who we're going to see this weekend when the Eagles take on Washington. I watched that game over the weekend, and I watched it pretty close. You know who he reminds me of? He reminds me of Brett Favre. You know, he's a gamer. Sometimes he just looks terrible. Sometimes. He, this guy's beaten Tom Brady. Okay? I mean, this guy's put up a pretty good-looking resume this year. St. says Tyler's meant you. I don't know, man. I think he's better than that. Yes, Chris, Bills are a small team. They are, and that's why they're having troubles, in my opinion, stopping the run. That was one of the reasons why I thought the Buccaneers took control of that football game was because they were able to get Fournette going early. And when they got Fournette going in that game against the Bills, you saw play action open for Brady late. That's why you started seeing him hitting people more, especially Grant coming down the seam. Yeah, he did. Heineke got rocked yesterday. Milton Williams, that's it, Wick. I think he won the Bednarik Award. He's a good-looking player and another one of those kind of guys. In my opinion, you can rush him. He can play inside or outside for you. He's another one of those kind of players, man, that's a versatile dude. MJ, I saw this. Pro Football Focus said that the Eagles have the ninth-best roster with three first-rounders. Building something special. Absolutely, I saw that too. I did, I saw that. Ewing. Sills. if Tyler had a line, he would be a problem. Yeah. Yes. I think they're getting better in the O-line. Milton is Cox 2.0. Cowboys D is like the Bills. If you go power, you can bully them. Boy, that is so true, X. That is so true. If you, if you get up on the Cowboys, see... To me, I think Washington made a mistake. You needed to run that fucking ball, man. Challenge them up front. Throwing the ball, you've got to do a better job of managing first and second down, in my opinion. And I thought that Washington did a poor job in the first half against Dallas. You know what? Here, let me ask you something. If you're Dallas, do you guys feel pretty good coming out of that game? Yeah, William, I saw that. Jonathan Allen of the Washington Redskins is now in COVID protocol. But Xander says there's a potential he could still play. Okay? If you're, if you're, if you're Dallas, are you, are you happy with the way they won that game? I went like this. Man, you let that team come back in up on you like that? That shows me they can't put teams away. That means you're limited in a running attack. Hence, who's the best running team in the NFL right now? Your Philadelphia Eagles are. The Eagles are the best running attack. Chris says Dallas got lucky. Chris, I think, you know, again, no running attack. Dak's not – that football team, guys, is not winning a Super Bowl. X says you're nervous about Dak. I'm not nervous about Dak. Patrick Mahomes makes me nervous. Kyle Murray makes me nervous. Herbert, Allen, Brady, Rogers. Here, I'll name them. Here's the quarterbacks that make me nervous. Maybe Matthew Stafford a little bit. Not always. Murray, he makes me nervous because he could do more things. Russell Wilson makes me nervous. Tell you this, you know who be, who might be playing some of the best football in the NFC right now? Jimmy Garoppolo's playing great. Greer says, nervous about a game manager? Game managers? No, no, no. Hey, Greer, I'm worried about winners. I don't know what game manager means. If people call Tom Brady and Joe Montana and Peyton Manning game managers, if that's what that means. I'm in. I'm, I'm okay with. Yes, I'd be nervous about those guys. Lamar Jackson ain't no game manager. <laughs> hey, that dude ain't no game manager. <laughs> hey, he ain't managing nothing, man. That guy's trying to win ball games. Dak Prescott. And I, I know what you, hey, Greer. I know what you're talking about with with Dak. Are you really nervous about a game manager like that? I got it. I got it. Somebody throws something out, you go, Sills, I'm being sarcastic. You know what sarcasm is, right? (laughs) Wick says Gainwell is underrated. Dude, he's a guy. He's a guy, man. Dude, how about this? Can I say this? And Maybe you guys disagree. I think your running backs are decent. I don't think they're great. The Miles Sanders kid? San Francisco's got six of them guys. well, another guy San Francisco would pull off the practice squad and put him in there and gain 100 yards. The, the, they, don't, they don't look special to me. I mean, when you look at the Eagle running backs, you see special? I don't know. I see really good. Formerly known as JoJo, Dak is hurting. He's really good when healthy. When was he hurt? Oh, at the beginning of the year, because of the year-ago injury, still not back to 100%. So it's his shoulder, right? Man, I don't want to hear any of that. Everybody's hurt right now. You're in the stretch run of the NFL season. There ain't a healthy guy in the league, except those stupid-ass kickers. Lenny says we don't need Gainwell to be. You need him to be more of a like a Tony Pollard and Zeke kind of stuff, okay? I got it. I know what you mean. I know you have to have dual-back tandems nowadays in the NFL. I got where you're going, okay? Howard Scott better than Sanders, but those guys, James, they're just dudes. Saint says you need another blunt, a big man running back. Saint, I think it's code for red zone, right? You need a red zone and short yardage back. You need to get somebody that will get you to critical yards because, again, when you have a quarterback like Jalen Hurts, you've got to manage. You've got to manage first and second down. A guy like Patrick Mahomes can go like this, right? He could look like he could look like shit on first and second down. Throw a twenty-five yard touchdown strike. That's not going to beat Jalen Hurts. Jalen's systematically got to move down the chains. He's got to move the chains. He's got to move down the field. He's got to kind of move the sticks like Dak moves the sticks. He's got to work on his accuracy for sure. James says, we're working with that. We, we're working with what we got. I, James, I'm not ripping it. I'm just saying I'd like to improve that next year, okay? I'm not ripping them. There's no ripping here. Guys in the NFL, I don't rip like that. Okay, Matt Hatter, Blunt. I saw LeGarrette Blunt when Tony Dungy got him in Tampa. Get this, guys. And I became kind of friends with LeGarrette. They didn't draft him because, remember, he punched that kid's lights out at Boise State. I think Oregon went to Boise and he punched that kid in the face. It cost him big money. Tony Dungy gets him, gives him an opportunity. I think, like, in eight games, he gained 1,000 yards with the Bucs. I couldn't believe it. He was leaping over everybody, running guys over. I was like this. What a steal. The Buccaneers found this guy, and Jerry Angelo was like, yeah, man, I didn't think he was this either. You know Jerry Angelo, when he was working in the Buccaneer front office, they had Michael Bennett. They found him off the street because the Saints had cut him. And I went like this to Bruce Allen. Don't cut that guy. Don't trade that guy. They traded him to Seattle, and he went on to be Michael Bennett. Then he says, "Hey Dan, do you think Eagles pay Sanders in year four? If the if the price is right, Lenny. If the price is right, listen, Lenny. Know this: every organization wants to reinvest in their draft picks. They want to reinvest They want at the right price, though. Bunt got two rings. Great back." Chris is at two? May have been more. He got two in New England? Didn't he get two in New England and one in Philly? I thought he had three. I may be wrong. I may be wrong, but I thought he had three. No, Blunt's not a Hall of Famer. That's Hey, that's like telling me that uh, Mike Allstott's in a Hall of Famer. Even though, watch this, Mike Allstott, I think, probably has... Mike Allstott... I think has eight Pro Bowls on making it to the Pro Bowl as a fullback. And that was his distinction. Mike was a really great red zone back for the Buccaneers back in the day. But I don't think Mike Allstott has the numbers to sit there. Wait a minute. You think Julian Edelman is a Hall of Famer? This guy's got 7,000 or 6,000 yards receiving. He's not a Hall of Famer. He's had Hall of Fame moments. Same thing with LeGarrett. LeGarrett had Hall of Fame moments, not a career. Not a career, not at all. Okay, I mean, you you look at Julian Edelman's numbers during sanity in the postseason. You look at him during the regular season, very pedestrian. Michael Irvin came on my show a couple years ago, and I asked Michael, "William, he has three rings. I thought he did. I thought he had two in two in New England and one in Philly." Yeah. I thought, yeah, because he, yeah, because he was their red zone guy up there in um, New England too, and then he got that one in um, in Philadelphia. B Lizzo says Julian is someone who you put him in the Ring of Honor, not the Hall of Fame. Absolutely, a great call. Absolutely, absolutely, like Donovan McNabb is a close, close NFL Hall of Famer. Put him in the Eagle Ring of Honor, for sure. That's a Ring of Honor guy. There's no debating that. Okay? Plus all the championship games that he was in. Yeah, Greer, he's not a Hall of Famer. I don't think he's got 7,000. I don't think he's got 7,000 career reception yards. But when you look at his numbers in the postseason, because he played with Brady, they're off the charts. I mean, if you really want to go back and really say that there was a guy that shouldn't have been in the Hall of Fame, it shouldn't have been Lynn Swan. I mean, Lynn Swan doesn't have 9,000 receiving yards, and he's in the Hall of Fame because he was on those great Steeler teams, and he was an MVP in the Super Bowl. Well, Julian Edelman was an MVP in the Super Bowl too, but he ain't getting in. It's a different era. I know they didn't throw the ball as much back then as they do today, so Lynn's numbers would have been better today. They would have. Common sense tells you that. But um, Lin Swan and Julian Edelman are kind of like the same guy. Hey, B. Lizzle, you're right. I don't think he has a Pro Bowl either. Oh, kid, the guy with the Bears, Peters, who was – Jesus, career man. Peters is going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer for sure. Yeah, man. Hey, you want to hear something? Peters had a hell of a season for the Bears. You know he might make, he might make a Pro Bowl this year. Wouldn't that be crazy? Jason Peters makes a Pro Bowl with the Bears, and they called his ass out of mothballs. He's like, "All right, I'll play." He's had a great year. Saint says Nick Foles for Hall of Fame. Signed. Uh, Jeffries. <laughs> uh, right. James Lofton. I don't know. I love James. You know, I don't want to be talking too much shit on my friends, man, because these guys are my boys. I love James. I don't hold it against him. He went to Stanford. Yeah, Peter should be a first ballot. He's been a monster. So wait a minute now. How many years did Jason Peters play with the Eagles? 14? Did he play 14 years? Did he play 14 years for for the Eagles? I think it was 14, 15, like that. So let me get this right. The Philadelphia Eagles are going to have two dudes playing left tackle. Okay, he played 11 years for almost 26 to 25 years, and Jordan Mulata and Jason Peters. Okay? So for 25 years, you got two dudes manning the left tackle position. That's fucking great. That's really unbelievable. That's a good call. Bobby, we're going to do that next. I want to hit on tonight's game. I'm going to tell you this about the Rams, and I'll make you a point. You can probably see already. Good game tonight. I want to hit on that. Talk a little bit more about Washington and that Dallas game, with some of the things the Eagles have to do. Tom Brady throws for a 700th career touchdown. Seven hundred. I want to hit on all that. Guys, please hit the like button. You have been absolutely so awesome to me. Thank you so much. We'll get right back to you. Keep it right here on the National Football Show.
2: At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rock's glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that.
0: Holy shit. The glass glasses for cocktails, right? It's
2: for this, 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 and that. disappears.
1: field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. When it comes to the
4: fight against insurance companies, large corporations and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder. And it's the same chip that makes Billy the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at messalaw.com. Mesa & Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia.
0: Go for the midnight tears. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the wins. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Welcome
1: back. National Football Show. Greer says, how did Michael Strahan get into the Hall of Fame? By the way, I will hit on that. Big game tonight, Rams and Cardinals, Brady, Eagles playing Washington, who just got through playing Dallas. Appreciate everybody coming aboard. Guys, please hit that like button. You've been awesome. Don't forget, tomorrow, Seth Joiner at 5.30 Eastern time will join us. He brings up Michael Strahan. I thought Michael Strahan was a hell of a player. I actually thought O.C. Umanuro was a better player. I did, man. I thought he was a better pass rusher, but Strahan put the numbers up. He was 10 times more consistent. But you know who Strahan always reminded me of? Clyde Simmons. I was like this. Clyde lived in the shadow of Jerome and Reggie. Clyde could get after people, man. He was a hell of a pass rusher. And I always thought he kind of lived in the shadows of those other two dudes on gang green. And when I saw Strahan, very consistent, had one spectacular – maybe three spectacular years, won a Super Bowl. Um, He played in New York. That's always going to be a factor. By the way, I'll make this point to you. Guys, Derek Jeter playing in New York versus playing, say, in Milwaukee. How do you think fans would look at Derek Jeter if he played in St. Louis? Or Milwaukee or Kansas City. Nothing against those fine cities. But he's not in New York or Philly or Los Angeles or Chicago, Boston, places like that where you play in them towns, you're looked at different. Because the fans look at you different. You're a Hall of Famer, like in New York, and you're a player like Jeter. Like, Derek Jeter is a great baseball player. But Derek Jeter, when I look at him compared to some of the other Yankee guys that have played, I don't know. They've been able to replace Derek Jeter on that team. They've never been able to replace Mariano Rivera. Rivera's the guy. Mariano Rivera was responsible for more Yankee wins than any pitcher in history, including Whitey Ford. It's Mariano Rivera that kept Boston at bay. When they were bringing in the Jonathan Papelbombs and them dudes, didn't matter. Rivera was the difference, wasn't Jeter? It was Mariano Rivera? And yeah, I mean, but you playing in one of them cities. Like, look, look at, look at Tony Gwynn. Tony Gwynn has as many batting championships as Ty Cobb does. Did you know that? He has as many. He has as many batting titles as Ty Cobb. People went, really? Yeah, he played in San Diego. That guy plays in New York or Philly? Fuck, man. He's a god. Winning an MVP in Philly versus winning an MVP in Kansas City. That's what I'm saying to you about. You know, when you look at certain guys and you go, oh, Derek Jeter, really a great player. Top ten Yankee? I don't know. I don't know. Let me hit on let me let, let, let me hit on Brady. Do you guys, are you guys tired of talking about Tom Brady? Are you tired of talking about him? Fuck, I'm not. So he throws for his postseason, regular season, 700th touchdown pass in the game against the Bills. All-time completion number now, too, is his. He passed Breeze. Man. What's what what get this guys because you guys keep talking to me about Jalen Hurts and arm strength? You think arm strength is really why Brady has separated him? Watch this. Who's the more gifted passer of the football? Aaron Rodgers. Guys, who do you think is the more gifted passer of the football? Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady? I don't think it's close. I think Aaron Rodgers is the greatest spinner of the football I have ever seen anybody in my life ever throw the football. I've never seen an interception to touchdown ratio in my life like Aaron Rodgers has. And guys, you want to hear something even more fucked up? This guy, now since they got rid of Mike McCarthy, he's won 36 of 45 ball games in Green Bay. He's won 36 of 45 ball games with Matt LaFleur as his head coach. B Lizzle says arm talent is the greatest. It's 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 fucking over the top. It's like he, Gary Cobb and I in the last hour doing this. I, I don't know, man. I've not seen anything like it. I've not seen anything like it. That touch pass he threw over the linebacker. The the dart he threw into the back of the end zone. Yeah, Harper. Since they put that new coach in there, they they've won 36 of 45 ball games. And and I tweeted this out, guys. You know what? All that being said, how you doing, South Philly T? Thanks for coming aboard, brother. By the way, Seth joiner tomorrow at 5 30. I tweeted this out at Dan Silio Show. Guys, if I were Aaron Rodgers, I don't give a shit about a Super Bowl. I don't give a shit about anything else except one thing. Let me beat Brady. I have to beat him. I have to beat Tom Brady. Dude, guys who have made it to the Super Bowl and lost are still revered. Guys that beat Brady are remembered. Eli Manning is going to the Hall of Fame. Now, it is because he did beat him in the Super Bowl. But Eli, it's under Brady's skin, those two losses. And the Foles loss kill him the most. Okay? Kills him the most. Those three losses, the Foles loss, I mean, you lose to a substitute teacher. Okay, that, Nick Foles, to me, that would be the one that I'd be like this. Wait a minute. So a substitute teacher filled in for Carson Wentz, and that fucker beat me? Wow, do I hate that. Oh, Chris, and I, I, I want that. If I'm, if I'm Aaron Rodgers, I want Brady again in the NFC title game. I don't care where you play it, rooftop, parking lot, a Walmart. I don't give a shit where you play it. I want to go play 60 minutes of football against that guy. You know, I said this about Patrick Mahomes when Brady beat him in the Super Bowl. Patrick Mahomes may go on and win a Super Bowl again in his career, but you know what you never are going to do again? You may this year still, but you may never get a chance to play that guy in the Super Bowl. That guy. You may play someone else, but playing that guy That's what you play for. Look at Montana. Montana beat the Elways and the Marinos in the Super Bowl. This guy wasn't beating stiffs. And by the way, Boomer Esiason won the MVP that year for the Bengals. Every one of those guys that Montana beat for his four rings, okay, all won MVPs at one time or another and won Super Bowls or were in the game. Or Hall of Famers. Beat Elway twice. Destroyed Elway twice, really. And pretty much destroyed Marino. Do you know what Montana's numbers were? Get this. In four Super Bowl wins for Joe Montana, 135 quarterback rating. 13 touchdowns and no picks. It's like the Jordan factor. Brady 7-3 and three in that game. Oh, Joe's 4-0. And they weren't close. Well, the Cincinnati game was. Oh yeah, where he had to drive 92 yards to get a win for Super Bowl number four. Montana's I played against him. I got I, I, you, you guys want me to post a picture of Big sack in Montana on my Twitter page at Dan Show? I'll post that up there for you. I sacked him at the Sombrero guy taps me on the head okay and he goes like this nice play 93 nice play i'm like fuck you man get out of here i'm going back to the huddle going holy shit joe montana just said nice play nice play 93 i'm sitting there and everyone's in the huddle looking over and they're just laughing at me and somebody looked over john randall's brother or uh john randall's brother irv goes like this what montana say to you i said he said nice play 93 (laughs) <laughs> Did a jersey swap. Yeah, I'm sure he's gonna I'm sure he's gonna swap with a swabby like me. <laughs> oh my God. Rogers beating McCarthy. Oh my god, that would be the Packers would kill that team, in my opinion. They kill the Cowboys. They would. All right, tonight's game. Personally, guys, I I, I think the Rams are soft. And you know what? You know what tonight's going to happen? Arizona, remember I told you this. Arizona's going to line it up and do this. Well, let's run the ball 35 times. Let's run the ball 35 times. Ed Xander's boy, Aaron Donald, greatest defensive lineman in the history of the NFL. Hey, kid, play the run one day. Play the fucking run, Okay. Play the run. That's all I ask you. <laughs> Xander says, I hate him. <laughs> I, I can't play the run, dog. He can't play the run. Blas- <laughs> wait a minute. Wait a minute. I got he, he goes like this. No, 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 no. So wait a minute. Let me do this. I got to reel that take in. Xander goes, blasphemous take. Blasphemous. Blasphemous. Yeah, I think Aaron Donald, I think he's decent. You're going, but danny has got all these. Yeah, we'll play on a defense that doesn't give up five yards of carry. You know how you beat the Rams? Run the ball. They can't stop it. I told you what that's like when you have a football team that gets their ass kicked at the point of attack. Don't you guys remember how you won your Super Bowl? It wasn't like you were some high-flying offense. You guys went like this. Let me give you my impression of your Philadelphia Eagle team, okay? In 17. How you doing, brother? How's it going? Yeah. Little time out here. Yeah. Okay, man. Yeah. So what's up? Oh, no, we're going to run. We're going to run a Power Eye three gap, 32 play. I'm sorry. What'd you say? Yeah. Yeah. We're running right at you. I'm sorry. What'd you say? Oh, yeah. And by the way, it's on one. No, it's on first sound. Foles just said it's on first sound. You're a defensive lineman. You know how intimidating that is? Hey, fuck you, man. You ain't running that ball at me. No, 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 no. I'm going to run it right here, right here, in between the center and guard, which is considered the A-gap. I'm going to run it right here, and it's on first sound. And if you don't like it, I'll do it again. Timeout comes in. You're sitting there as a defensive lineman going, this guy's fucked up. They run the ball. They get four on you. Guy comes back to the line of scrimmage. Told you. We're doing it again, too. And it's on second sound this time. You're a defensive lineman. Guys talk shit like this. Guys talk shit like this. You're not running that thing again like that. Another four yards. Third and two. You're like this. Okay, so now it's third and two, and you're like, okay, so they just ran the ball for eight yards. We got a man up, guys. It's third and two. We're going to run over on this side because what we want to do is give me a break because I'm tired of kicking your ass. So we're going to run it over here. First sound. Another four yards. First down. (laughs) And they go down the field like that on you. Then they score. Then the next series comes. You know what that old lineman's telling you? Hey, remember what happened last series? All day. All day. So get your lunch pail. If I were you, I'd pull my union card out. Because it's going to be all day. Got a miner's hat? You're going to need it. Because I don't want you to get hurt or anything with falling debris. If something's going to fall on you here, I'm going to fuck you up the rest of the day. You don't think that's the kind of shit that goes on? (laughs) Hey, man, that's the kind of stuff that is said all the time in there. And when you got an old line like that, like you have this year, you don't think those guys are going like this? (laughs) How about this? You know the worst thing you want to hear is? You know the worst thing is you hear this. Plays over. And you're a D lineman going like this, and you don't know what they're saying. And this guy just had two plays where they got nine yards, and it's third and one. And they ran the fucker. And you're going, why are they laughing, man? Why are them guys laughing? And you know what the guys in the huddle are saying? Because they ran the ball down our fucking throats. Let's man up here. All of a sudden, they do it again. You hear him. <laughs> you know that dude, 93? I could eat a bowl of soup off his fucking head. You talking about me? (laughs) That's the shit that goes on. That's how you guys won the Super Bowl. Nothing fancy. Oh, Philly special? (laughs) Hey, can I tell you something? The Patriots were probably exceptionally excited that they ran the Philly special on them at that time in the game because you had stolen their souls by then. Their souls were stolen by then. And they just didn't want to get beat up. What did that Patriots team do? They took a page out of your playbook, didn't they? And they put that on that Rams team. What what, what was that thing, 14-7 or something, 14-6 or some shit? I, I don't think the Rams scored a touchdown, right? Aaron Donald was nowhere to be seen. They ran the ball right down that guy's face. That's the best thing in the world. What I don't want is, and that's what the Rams are, the Rams are a finesse team, okay? That Cardinal team, they're pretty stout. Chandler Jones can rush the passer. They got ballers on that team. I think Arizona puts it to them. I just think they're a tougher team, okay? Okay? Hey, Nathan, that Eagle – you know what, though, man? Gary Cobb said that this, this group O-line that the uh, Eagles have has every opportunity to be as good, if not better. He thinks there's more upside with that group that you have right now than what you did even with your Super Bowl. Fagazia. <laughs> yeah. Hey. All good, man. Hey, right here. Wait a minute. Xander says, "Big seals proceeded to tell me Fletcher was better than Donald." To which I told him he was nuts. Fletcher's a more complete player. He plays the run. Aaron Donald's like a windmill. You know, you know those turnstiles at Lincoln Financial, where they do, wait a minute, wait a minute. Hey, then how come he plays on a defense that gives up a nickel every play? That guy gives up. That guy should hand out tickets. Here you go. Here you go. Here you go, here you go, here you go, here you go. Oh, yeah. As a matter of fact, Aaron, here's Aaron Donald against the run. Guy does the backstroke like he's in the Olympics. <laughs> Harder to play the run when you're doubled. That guy doesn't get doubled on the run. They run right at him. Watch tonight. Watch how many blocks he runs around. Oh no, no, hey, Aaron Donald's six feet, Lou. Lou, he ain't six two. He's six feet 270. That's what makes it pretty amazing, though, with the sacks that he does get. He's six feet. Hey, hey, Gabriel. Well, he sucks on the run. Look it up. Last five, six years, Aaron Donald plays on a defense that gives up between four, six, and five yards of carry. You think that's good? You're like a major d'. Watch this. This way, sir, to uh, first down. Do you need a table? Oh, you can run right here on the A-gap. Yeah, because I'm just a pass rusher. I don't give a shit about playing the run. That's why they get murdered. DT hating on his own kind. Now, man, I like people that play to run. Get in there. <laughs> fucking guy's a windsurfer. <laughs> Tickets, please. That's right, Matt Hatter. Tickets, please. Watch this game tonight, man. You'll see what I'm saying tomorrow. You'll go like this Sills, I saw the guy run around 10 blocks. It's fucking incredible. All right, guys. Hey. Please hit the like button. Man, we could do this all day. What is this? Why are you wearing that shitty college team? David, bite your tongue. Bite your tongue. We're back. I hate saying that. Back from what? The dead? (laughs) Hey, guys. I love you guys, man. All good. Please hit the like button. If you missed the interview with Gary Cobb, Please go back and watch it, share it a little bit later on. By the way, also, please follow me over on my um, Twitter page. I'm 30 shy of 14,000. I'm trying to get over 14,000. Thank you so much, guys. Seth Joyner will join us tomorrow at 530. We're going to talk some Eagles and some NFL with our friend. Have a great one till 4 to 6 tomorrow Eastern time. We'll see you on the flip side.